Now, the Kansas City Chiefs destined to win the Super Bowl after beating the Baltimore Ravens in the AFC Championship game. We talk about that and so much more coming up next year on this episode of Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast, your daily NFL podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker. I'm the host of Locked On Ravens and one of the many NFL experts here on our network, the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Free available on podcasting platforms that includes video form on YouTube and audio form wherever you get your shows. And thanks so much for making Locked On NFL your first listen each and every day. Today's episode of Locked On NFL is brought to you by Prize Picks. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricebacks.com slash locker NFL. Use code all over case locker NFL for a first boss and match up to $100. We're back here another week on Lockdown NFL, bringing to the biggest stories across the league. And obviously, what's the bigger story than the Super Bowl? You, you now have the Super Bowl matchup, the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. In the first part of the show, We'll talk with Chris Clark of Locked On Chiefs as Kansas City defeated the Baltimore Ravens in advance of the Super Bowl. And we're going to talk about if the Chiefs are just the team of destiny here and, and if they're going to go on and win Patrick Mahomes' the third Super Bowl out of four tries. Then we'll talk with Brian Peacock of Locked On 49ers in the second part of the show is the 49ers had an incredible second half comeback against the Detroit Lions to be able to make the big game. So we'll talk with Brian about how they did it. And then Matt Derry of Locked On Lions will join us in the final part of the show to go over how the Lions blew their lead as well as remembering what the 2023 Lions season was because it was very, very special. So without any further ado, it's not going to know our conversation with Chris Clark of Locked On Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs advance to the Super Bowl. Now, that phrase sounds pretty familiar, doesn't it? We've heard it before. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid and company trying to go for their third and second straight after trying to defend their title. And they do it in the AFC Championship game, defeating the Baltimore Ravens by the final score of 17-10. to 10. Kevin Ostriker here, Locked On Ravens. With me is Chris Clark, the host of Locked On Chiefs. And Chris, the Chiefs all week were kind of being lauded as this team that everybody wanted the Ravens to beat. Someone get this Chiefs team and just yep. send them home. But that's not what's going to happen here. Kansas City is going to Vegas, a very strong showing in the first half offensively. Now, the defense stepped up throughout the entire game for Kansas City, but how did they hold this Ravens offense and this Ravens team to what they did? Because this Ravens team has been bowling through people and bowling through good teams yeah. all year. Yeah, and you look at what the what the Chiefs defense did, and Spagnuolo just had a master, uh, masterful play call. I mean, and the crazy thing to me is he loses Willie Gay right before the game. It looks like Willie Gay was going to go yesterday, and then it tenses up. His neck tenses up. He can't play. He was supposed to be the spy on Lamar this entire game. And you think about all the different plays where if they had a spy on Lamar, it would have helped. Uh, but it, this situation, I mean, this defense just played out of its mind the entire game. Three takeaways on the biggest stage. Uh, you're going to win if you're going to take the ball away three times. And that's exactly what happened. And I think for a lot of people in Kansas City, there were questions about 
how oh, yeah. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Rasheed Rice, and the Chiefs offense was going to attack a Ravens defense where the offense for Baltimore had kind of picked up its stride over the course of two months. This Ravens defense was dominating people all year long. And with the Kansas City offense, it wasn't the high-flying year that we've seen from them in the past. Nope. This was this was a down year by Chiefs standards. In that first half, we saw a lot of good things. In that second half, the Chiefs did not score a single point, but they held on to win the game. What does it say not only about the Chiefs team, but about Steve Spagnuolo and that Chiefs defense to make sure that they had enough to win the game with just those 17 points? I mean, they've been a fantastic second-half defense all year long, and to hold the Ravens to three points in the second half, uh, I think you got to give you know tip of the cap to Spagnolo. I mean, that was just fantastic play. I mean, you have two turnovers in the end zone. Um, you know, you have a rookie that's trying to get in the end zone and fumbles the ball right before he crosses, and then you have Deion Bush who comes in for Mike Edwards, who is a guy you don't want to see on the field. He is a special teams core guy. And he comes in and gets a big pick. And I'm sorry, it was a horrible play call. <laughs> it was a horrible decision by Lamar to throw that ball into basically triple coverage. Uh, but Bush gets the the pick and, you know, ends up – I'm glad he sat down in the end zone because I was afraid he was about to run it out. looked like it. Uh, but, you know, I want to say really quick on offense, you know, Mahomes played just phenomenal, I, I think. And the thing that really stands out to me is look at how this team struggled all season long on offense – and some of the struggles were with drops. MBS is one that had a huge, multiple huge drops throughout the season. He comes up in the biggest play of the game on third and nine and sends the game to basically being over at that point because he catches it on third and nine. It's a 32-yard catch. Mahomes lofts it up for him, and MBS catches it and puts them in a situation where it's three kneel, kneel downs and you're done. And to me... This team now advances to the Super Bowl now. At the time of this recording, Chris, we don't know whether it's going to be the 49ers yep. or the Lions that the Chiefs end up playing here as we're recording this. They're currently playing the game. If you look at both of those teams, would you rather see that Chiefs 49ers matchup that we <laughs> saw? Or are you taking kind of what has turned into America's team in Detroit? You know, honestly, I want Detroit mainly because I want Detroit because they beat Kansas City the first game of the season. Uh it's a great story with Jared Goff and the Lions team and, and Dan Campbell. Uh, I think that the 49ers would be a tough out as well, but I'm wanting the, a repeat of game one of the NFL season with the Chiefs and Lions because this time you would have Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones playing uh, and you would have to feel really good about the Chiefs' chances considering how they played in that game and got very close to winning without two of their best players. And now you look ahead, and the Chiefs did have a few guys go down in this game. Chris yep. Jones looked to have been laboring a little bit, but you mentioned there was no Willie Gay in this game for the Chiefs with those neck spasms flaring up. Is there any hope that maybe the Chiefs could get back a guy like Joe Tooney in the Super Bowl or a Sky Moore or somebody? I mean, what does their injury situation look like? It's a far way out now, but what does it look like to you in terms of guys you're hopeful Kansas City could possibly get back? Well, it's going to be interesting. Whether or not Sky Moore is going to be back is going to be hard. Um, he tweaked his knee getting ready to get ready for the Bills game, I think, and he hasn't practiced since. So is he going to be back? I don't know. They just put Derek Naughty on IR. He obviously won't be back. Joe Tooney is a guy that, according to what I saw from today's reports, would be a stretch to play in the Super Bowl because it does look like they think it's a tear versus just a strain. Um, so it could be a situation where he's not going to be available in this game. I would expect Willie Gay is going to play. Uh, Charles Aminihue has already tweeted out that he'll be ready to go against whoever they're going to be playing in the Super Bowl. So I think you feel good about that. 
Jones just needs to get off his knee for a little bit. I think he tweaked it early in the game, and I think he'll be fine going to the Super Bowl with two weeks rest. And then you look at a guy like Mike Edwards who went out, and like I said earlier with Deion Bush getting the interception, he stepped in and was able to do something and, and force Lamar into a, a mistake. But I think Edwards will be fine going in this game. Kadarius Tony's another one. Uh, missed this game with an injury, and uh, it sounds like he had the fir- his first child born on Saturday night and didn't travel. So uh, he was ruled out because of that. So at this point, we'll see. Chiefs could be a lot healthier going in this into the Super Bowl uh, for the fourth time in six years as Mahomes is the starter. Now, what do you do with your Kansas City, Chris? You played this game, you beat the Ravens, and really one of the ways, only ways you could beat this team, and credit to Kansas City and how they performed. But what are some of the things Kansas City has to kind of shore up in order to make sure they play the, get the best game possible in a couple of weeks? Biggest thing is you just have to make sure that you are on the same page. And the nice thing is, is you're going to be playing in basically a neutral site. You played in Las Vegas multiple times, you know, over the past couple of years, you know, the field pretty well. Uh, It's going to be in a great scenario uh, on that field. So to me, it's just a matter of making sure that the offense is on the same page. You're probably not going to have a ton of crowd noise, which I think helps Kansas city. Uh, But you know, it's, do the little things right. The The thing that almost changed this game for the Chiefs is Lamar Jackson made huge plays. The, this defense hasn't been giving up, but he made them anyway. And that's going to be a big thing going into, you know, the Super Bowl is can they get back to a point where they're not allowing those big plays? Uh, you know, Zay Flowers on that long pass play almost took it to the house, but Snee got him and ended up in a turnover just a couple of plays later. So, uh, you know, if you could get back to where you are on defense, which they played great, but they allowed a ton of yardage. They just stiffened when it became something that they absolutely had to do. Chris is great. And for more on Chris, go check him out over the Locked On Chiefs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up in the second part of the show, we'll talk with Brian Peacock of Locked On 49ers. They'll be the NFC representative in the Super Bowl. And we'll dive into how they came back against the Detroit Lions to end up making the big game. We'll let more coming up next year on Locked On NFL. First, this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. And if you're looking for daily fantasy sports, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun so many have had, running up to 25 times on many of this football season. All you do is select two or more players, pick more or less from their projected stats, and place your entry. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelce, 10.5 combo with three pointers made. Plus receptions. If you want to play along with some of Prize Picks, favorite players like Bradford Meatmill and Comedian Andrew Schultz, you can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to use entries with the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy, so your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is a daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL. Use code locker NFL. For a first boss match up to $100. Again, that's pricepicks.com slash locker NFL. Use code locker NFL for a first boss match up to $100. Price picks daily fantasy sports made easy. We're back for our second segment, Locked On NFL. Kevin Ostriker here, still talking with you. And we talked about the AFC side of things with the Kansas City Chiefs. Now let's dive into the NFC side. First up, Brian Peacock of Locked On 49ers, San Francisco, an incredible comeback. Brian details how they did it and so much more coming up now. The San Francisco 49ers pulled off what many thought would be impossible. They came back 
from a massive halftime deficit against the Detroit Lions to advance to the Super Bowl. Here to talk about everything that happened in that 34-31 win and more is Brian Peacock, one of the hosts over at Locked On 49ers. And Brian, it's, it's the classic meme. They had us in the first half. The 49ers end up performing in the second and outscore Detroit 27-7 to in that second half. I mean, how, how did San Francisco pull this off, get it done, and grab this game from the clutches of Detroit? It's really unbelievable. The 49ers have played three good quarters in the playoffs and are going to the Super Bowl. It's I, it's so improbable that they were able to pull both of these comeback wins out with how they looked in the first halves of both of these games. And uh, I think the number one thing you have to credit, and Brock Purdy embodies this as much as anybody else, is just the guts and the 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 no quit attitude that the players have. And and so you got to credit John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, the type of character players that they brought in the these guys don't quit they didn't fold and and brock purdy trusts himself and and he'll stand back there under pressure and and make throws with anticipation into a spot and trust his guys gonna make a catch and come down with it and it's pretty phenomenal to watch so that's the biggest reason a team can come back is because they don't quit because if you fold and we said a lot in the nfl is just insurmountable and it's they're done and uh and let's go home and get stay healthy and, and get out of here and put in the backups. Right. Um, obviously this is the playoffs and these teams are here for the reason they're all really good. So um, as you know, some of the 49ers players said after the game, it's so hard to win this league and the margins are so thin. Uh, all it takes is one guy to make a play or to screw up an assignment and, and you get gashed uh, the other direction. So they looked them. Nick Bosa said they looked themselves in the mirror at halftime and they wanted to play for each other and, and show that they weren't as bad of a defense as they showed in the first half of the game. So got some stops offense started making plays. The offense scored every time, except for the kneel down in the second half and went field goal, touchdown, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, victory formation, kneel down in the second half. Uh, they needed some help though, some drops, some, some funny bounces and then seize those opportunities. But really to me, Kevin, it was the, it was the momentum shift and you really felt it after the quick back-to-back -back scores in the second half. 49ers went down the field, you know, they want a touchdown, but they got a field goal. And then Jameer Gibbs fumbles. Eric Armstead recovers the fumbles. 49ers are right there again. Score a touchdown. Now it's 10 points. And now you knock the lead from 17 down to 7. And the offense hasn't had a chance to do anything for the Lions yet. And so you start to get tight. And the crowd's going crazy. Now they're back in it. And you really felt the momentum shift. And I know it's hard to quantify with data what momentum is. Is it real? Some people don't even believe in it. But uh, when you watch a game like this, you really feel it. And you realize, oh, man there was a huge amount of momentum swing that happened there in the third quarter that allowed the 49ers to, to really take over that game. Yeah. And I think when you talk about Brock Purdy, you know, first half, the second half, he was showing off the wheels a little bit, had a couple of nice long runs and been big runs, momentum changing runs, honestly, in big spots. What did you see out of Purdy and how much confidence does it give you heading into a Super Bowl matchup here with the Kansas City Chiefs? I mean, Purdy's a playmaker too. And, and that's part of the guts thing. He's got the guts of a burglar to go in and, and steal a win. And uh, he, he's, got, he's got more athleticism than I think people realize. Uh, it's funny if you look at the, the the mock draftable charts that show like the combine data, right? And it's a, like a web graph and it shows like what you are uh, versus other prospects historically. And his web graph is all tiny. He's like, you know, 10th percentile or less than everything, except for 10 yard split in his 40 yard dash is 90th percentile. He's a really good athlete in a short area. That's why he's such a good scrambler. He can get out and make plays. And he's always looking to throw the ball while he's scrambling. If it's not there, then he can go get some yards. And, yeah, uh, he got some really 
uh, made some really big plays there. And, um, you know, with Guts, his playmaker ability, his ability to play with timing and anticipation is what makes his physical attributes that are very average play up and into what makes him, you know, such a, a dangerous quarterback and, and such a good quarterback in Kyle Shanahan's offense. And now we know it's 49ers Chiefs in the Super Bowl. If that sounds Miller, it's because these two teams have matched up before decently recently, not, you know, a couple of years ago. And obviously Kansas City got the better of San Francisco at the podium with the presenting of the NFC Championship Trophy. I know Kyle Shanahan talked about the unfinished business. George Kittle talked about it a bit as well. When you look at the matchup, Brian, how do you like how San Francisco matches up with Kansas City right now? I really like the 49ers offense this year better than the 2019 team. And you can tell Kyle Shanahan trusts his quarterback now more than uh, Jimmy Garoppolo back then. Um, but like Brock Purdy, we're talking about him him making plays. Uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes can do that. And they did that to the 49ers in the Super Bowl. So there's a lot of young players like the Bosa's and the Warners and the Debo Samuels that were, you know, first or second year guys, they were young in their career now. And now they're established players. They're, you know, on their second contracts. And I'm sure they want a piece again of that team and a chance to go win that Super Bowl that got away from them so early in their careers. Uh, so I like the matchup there. The 49ers defense is not as good, but the Chiefs offense is not as good as it was then either because of the playmakers that, 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 that are around, uh, that are around, Patrick Mahomes and you know Patrick Mahomes can make a ton of plays and he can keep plays alive and he can bring a team back but if they don't hit that famous wasp call with Tyreek Hill then they don't win the Super Bowl against the 49ers last time and Tyreek Hill's not there and Travis Kelsey while he's still a great player he's not quite as uh as uh athletic as he was you know after the 2019 season and so the 49ers offense is better I think the Chiefs def or offense is worse but the Niners defense is worse. The Chiefs defense might be a little bit better. I love what, how that unit's playing right now with uh, Steve Spagnuolo. And I know, you know, you cover the Ravens and you just saw firsthand uh, how good they are on that side of the ball too. So it's going to be a really good game. I think it's tight. Uh, I know the 49ers are what point, I guess it was going to be like two and a half point favorites. They're one and a half point favorites, I think is how it opened. And uh, it's a great line. I mean, th this is pretty much a pick them game. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. And, uh, you got to be able to put Patrick Mahomes away, and it's so difficult to do in the playoffs. Yeah, and speaking of the fact that I do cover the Ravens, were the Chiefs your preferred matchup before you know before this game happened before Sunday? Did you prefer the Chiefs over the Ravens, or did you say, "Hey, you know what? I don't want to face off against Patrick Mahomes again. Give me Lamar Jackson." Well, Lamar Jackson's not easier to play against than than anybody else. I mean, so that's not a fun task. And having seen the 49ers and the Ravens and seen the Ravens this year, I think the Ravens were a better team. So before Sunday, I would have said, let's go revenge game. Give me the Chiefs again, because I, I still think overall the Chiefs are not quite as good of a team as they were that the 49ers saw the last time. Um, and the Ravens were just so good and just matched up so good against the 49ers, it seemed like. So I wanted the Chiefs, so I'm glad it's the Chiefs. And, you know, the revenge factor as well. They got to defeat the boogeyman. The Niners got to go beat Patrick Mahomes. We'll, we'll see if they can do it. Be sure to check out Brian over at the Locked On 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for great 49ers insight. And coming up in the final part of the show, we'll get the other side of things. Matt Derry of Locked On Lions will join us to go over the Lions season as well as how they ended up blowing this game. So be sure to stay tuned. Lots to get to on Locked On NFL.
First, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp, and this next segment is brought to us by our sponsor, BetterHelp. Sometimes you don't need the opportunity to get something off our chest, big or small, certain things that really start to get to you. It's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased on your life. So today, I want to say how I really feel about something. You might even be thinking about the same thing this week. And in that Chiefs and Ravens game, like the Ravens had plenty of penalties, but those refs were, I, I, I don't know, those refs were a little interesting when it came to a couple of penalties. I, I think that the refs called penalties, and the penalties that they called for the most part were correct. But then you had penalties on the Chiefs that they didn't call, and I, I'm not saying it was rigged or anything, but it was just, I don't know. The refereeing was not great in that game, in my opinion, in terms of the non-calls that didn't happen on the Chiefs, but therapy can be different for everybody, and most of us had bigger problems than our favorite sports team. And it's important to get things off your chest every once in a while. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. We're back. Our final segment of Locked On NFL. Kevin Oshaker still talking with you here. And thanks so much again for being here on Locked On NFL. We do five days a week of NFL content. So be sure to subscribe on YouTube, follow along in audio form as well for the biggest stories across the league every single weekday. Now we're going to be talking with Matt Derry of Locked On Lions. A tough way for the Lions to go out after such a magical season. But we detail how the season was magical and what the Lions could do moving forward with Matt now. The Detroit Lions had a magical 2023 season, but they saw it come to an end on Sunday in the NFC Championship game after falling to the San Francisco 49ers. The Lions were up big in the first half, but they couldn't get the job done in the second. San Francisco comes on a furious comeback and wins 34-31. to Matt Derry of Locked On Lions here with me to talk about the game. And Matt, I know it's such a disappointing end to such a fun season for Detroit. Let's start with the actual game. Lions go up big. It seems like they're on their way to the Super Bowl, and then it all comes crashing down in the second half. How did Detroit let this game get away from them? Too many mistakes, Kevin. I mean, we saw it. Uh, you know, everybody's going to point to Dan Campbell just gambling on fourth down and not taking points, but there's no guarantee that Michael Badgley is going to make those field goals. But the bottom line is, when you have a cornerback that's got an interception in his hands that hits him in the face, pops him in the air, and Brandon Ayuk catches it, you've got to make that play. Jamison Williams had a couple of uh, had a drop ball on a, on, a, on a throw. I thought Goff uh, threw beautifully toward the end zone. Josh Reynolds two big drops. Uh, the defense stopped tackling in the second half. Uh, you know, Jameer Gibbs fumbled. You cannot give the Niners a short field. So too many mistakes. You go up twenty four seven at the half. You're thinking, all right, third quarters have been a problem, Kevin, for the Lions all year. But to be outscored twenty seven nothing to come out of the half, man, that's rough. And, and I think for Detroit, did, did you feel like they got ahead of themselves? Did you feel like they thought that they were going and then all of a sudden it comes crashing down? Was it a young team in a new spot or did you see mistakes you had seen all season from Detroit? No, I, I think there were some young, young mistakes made. I think there were mistakes made coaching wise. Again, Dan Campbell gambling and going for it numerous times on fourth downs. But again, you know, on the first one, Jared Goff has Josh Reynolds for a first down. Reynolds drops the ball. The second one I thought was horrible because not only did you not take the points, but then you come out with an empty set, no back in the backfield, and that really helped the defense get set. You got to show the fear of the run, which is what the Lions were doing so well, 148 yards in the first half. So there were mistakes made all over the place. But again, Dan Campbell's in his third year had never coached a game like this. Kyle Shanahan's been in numerous games like this, even going back to when he was a coordinator in Atlanta. So 
yeah, there were some young, young mistakes made. This team will be back. It's built for it. They had a great year, but man, they were right there. Right. And I think that's what makes it so much more disappointing considering how good of a year it was for them. But Matt, I know it was a year of many memories in Detroit, especially for Lions fans who have been waiting for these moments for so long. They don't get the job done in terms of winning a Super Bowl, but the Lions took so many steps in the right direction this year. What are you going to remember most about how magical of a ride this was? You know, I think there's so many things to, to think about it and, and look at. But again, the two home playoff games, to win 14 games in a season, to have that kind of crowd, to have a sellout crowd just for the viewing party tonight. Uh, Jared Goff's name being uh, being screamed out at Red Wings games, at Pistons games, Grand, Rapid, Grand Rapids-Griffins games, um, you know, and chance of Jared Goff. I mean, this team grew leaps and bounds from what was a three-win team just two years ago. To go from three wins to nine wins to 14 wins this year, if you count the two playoff games, there's something special brewing here. These guys will remember this feeling similar to maybe Michigan football a little bit. When they remember losing to TCU, they stood on the field and watched the celebration. Guys, I'm sure, took that in tonight in San Francisco, and and next year they're going to they're gonna want to uh, get that Hallis Trophy, get to the Super Bowl. And there's a lot of guys coming back. It's a young team, and they're they're, they're set up to, to win a lot in the future. And you mentioned that excitement for the future. How excited are you that you know that you have those guys coming back, as you talked about, that Jared Goff showed a lot of leaps and bounds this season, and that these players – they absolutely love Dan Campbell and seem to want to go for war to work for him every single day. No, and, and I and I think, you know, and obviously you and I are, are recording here as press conferences are going on, but guys like Jared Goff, Panay Sewell, Frank Rag now, they're all gonna say that they this is what Dan Campbell does. The the, the the gambling on fourth down to going for it shows his faith in us as an offense, and they wouldn't change that. They are rallied around him. You know, I have some friends text me tonight. Why don't you fire your head coach and go get Belichick? Are you out of your Dan Campbell's going nowhere. He's a cult hero here. He took a three-win team and turned it into a 14-win team in two years. They were on the doorstep of knocking off the big bad Niners. The question was, you know, everybody thought they were going to get blown out going into tonight. So I, I think they're set up to be okay. Were there some mistakes made? Yes. But uh, moving forward, you're right. You got your quarterback. You got your running backs. You got your receivers. The O-line pretty much will be intact. They might lose Jonah Jackson in free agency, but they played without him tonight and did quite well. Aiden Hutchinson on the defense, Aline McNeil. There's a lot of studs coming back next year. Especially with how Detroit has drafted. I mean, the, the rookie class for them, we saw how good they were and everybody or a lot of people contributed in that class. But you look ahead a little bit, Matt, in the offseason after the Super Bowl, I think it's an important one for Detroit. You mentioned they could lose Jonah Jackson. Where do you feel like improvements have to be made from a roster construction perspective to maybe get over the NFC Championship hump next year? I think they're going to draft at least two cornerbacks. They need they need to do that. Uh, they're going to need to draft or sign in free agency another edge rusher to put on the opposite side of Aiden Hutchinson. He can't do it by himself. There really are no other edges on this team that uh, uh, are really worthy of, of locks to come back next year. You know, maybe another receiver but and, and a left guard to replace Jackson. I think he's going to be too pricey, but they're in good shape. They've got a lot of good depth. You saw Malcolm Rodriguez is really the fourth tight end or a fourth linebacker uh, making an interception tonight when Derek Barnes went out with the injury. I got good depth right now. I got a guy like Jamison Williams who came into his own tonight. So a lot of good on the horizon, but I think corner and edge are two huge spots. Remember, they're also going to have to replace their offensive coordinator. Uh, my sources tell me Ben Johnson is going to Washington. He's going to be the head coach there. So we'll see what happens. All right. Well, maybe some breaking news over here on Lockdown NFL. <laughs> so you got, you that's you what got I've this. been told. 
That's, that's I, why I think my sources are pretty good, Kevin. Not as good as your beard, by the way. I love the beard look. <laughs> Appreciate that. But uh, no, man, that's that's the story from Detroit. All right. Well, that that that'd be a loss for him. Would that if if that is the case, where would they go without Ben Johnson? Would it be an in-house replacement? Would they look outside the organization? Where would you think they go? Uh, I think I think Mark Brunel, the quarterbacks coach, has done a great job with Jared Goff. I would assume that would be the next move, or Antoine Randall, the wide receivers coach. They've got a good staff, so they've got some guys. I think Hank Fraley, the offensive line coach, may go with Johnson. We'll see. He's another option. They have a really deep staff. So I think Brunel or, or Randall L will, will be the OC. Um, but, you know, not, nothing's official yet, but I think that's where this is going. Matt, how cool is it for you, especially over these past couple of seasons, to see Detroit in this Lions team almost – put into this category of the new America's team and to have the whole, <laughs> the whole country essentially rally around them after so many years of just disappointment. Yeah. I've been with a network doing this a podcast Kev since 2016. So I've, I've seen some bad times here and, and obviously in my radio career going back, they've, there've been some playoff teams under Jim Schwartz and, and certainly Wayne Fonts uh, uh, um, and Jim Caldwell, but nothing like this. Uh, this team has, uh, and these, this fan base has, really come together. They love this team. They love the coach. Um, and, and the general manager, Brad Holmes, has done such a good job. They're built correctly and it's sustainable. You know, people say, well, in 91, they did this. And then 93, that wasn't sustainable. They had really good players like Herman Moore and Barry Sanders, but this is a young group built through the draft. Uh, Brad Holmes has hit home run after home run. You mentioned this year's draft with a branch, Laporta, Campbell, um, you know, they, 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 they and, and Gibbs, I mean, those guys are really good and they're under contract for a long time. So that's a good thing. Matt's great. And the Lions have a bright, bright future ahead. And check Matt's workout over at Locked On Lions, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That's all I have for you here today, though, on Locked On NFL. Thanks so much for tuning in. Again, be sure to subscribe on YouTube, follow along in audio form. It's the same show, both audio and video, so you're not missing out however you want to watch. Coming up tomorrow, it's more NFL content with your Tuesday host. So be sure to stay tuned for that. We'll see you right back here tomorrow on Locked On NFL.